very much, Pastor Ken. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. One thing I'm really confident of um, is the presence of God. God is here all the time. But I sense that he's especially here today. And so the word will not be long. Uh, we've prayed a lot already. Um, so I'll just share briefly from the word of God. There's this song that came to my heart this morning. I sang it a few times. You, you don't need to join if you want to, but you may if you know it. You are here amongst us. You are here. You are here. Let your name be glorified. Thank you once again, Father. Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Good afternoon once again, church. God bless you. Just in the next few minutes, I want to share with us from the book of Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through to verse 14. Acts of Apostles chapter 4, I read verses 8 through to verse 14. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, 
If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. They could say nothing against it. May it be that when people see the hand of God in our lives, they will not be able to say anything against it. That is evidence that does not need any further proof. And I'm believing God that as we spend the next few minutes to look at the title, No Other Name, we shall have a greater realization of the power that is in this name. And we shall have a renewed confidence and boldness to know that truly and indeed nothing shall be too hard for him. I know it may look very hard. It may look impossible. But the Bible has assured us here, there's no other name under heaven given whereby man must be saved. And I know you know that salvation is not just when a person is changed from being a non-Christian to being a Christian. That is salvation. Salvation means deliverance. Deliverance from bad situation, from impossible situation. So we're just going to look at name, the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ ministered in the Roman culture, and they were experts, experts in name. In actual fact, they devised an old naming system that all of us are using. We may not know it, but they devised that naming system. And so, don't get bored. I'll take you through that naming system, and I'll draw a few lessons from that naming system. Amongst the Romans, they recognized that in a group of people, there might be many Johns there. For instance... How many people are James in this room? None? One? How many Johns? Maybe the population is too small. How many Ades? Anything that starts with Ade? I think many of you still bear your generation. Okay. So you find out that in every Guinea population of people, you have a lot of people bearing the same name. So they came up that the first set of names, and I will relate to Jesus Christ, and you will know the impact of this message as we go on. The very first name the person is given is called the prenomen. I'll give you the, 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 the Roman name. Prenomen means the given name. That is the name your parents will give you. For instance, my own given name is Christian, shortened to Chris. Her given name is Rebetna, shortened to Rebet. But I can assure you, if we have a larger population of people here from all over the world, possibly from the place of our birth, we have many Rebetnans. And so we want to distinguish which is which of the Rebetnans. 
In verse 10 that we read, it said, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I do this one. So test for you. Which one is the first name of the person mentioned there? Jesus. And Jesus simply means, because in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, what does the Bible say? And you shall call his name Jesus. So it is the given name. When you give birth to a child, you say, this child shall be called this name. So he was given that name by his parents. You know what? Jesus is a, was a very common name in those days. In actual fact, some people came at a time, I read about three years ago, that they have eventually discovered the tomb of Jesus. Because they saw some bones that, because in those days when people died, they buried them, they carried their bones, they call it gathering of bones, and put it in a box. And they said they've seen a particular box and it was written on it, Jesus. So Jesus actually died. And people that know the Bible, they said, how cheap that is. In the days of Jesus, there are probably in Jerusalem 1,000 people bearing Jesus. And so that happens to be only one of them. So his name was very common. But he had another name. And that is where I want to carry you along. That other name that he has is his family name. And they call that nomen. All right? Family name means that it's a group of people, many people there by race or by, they call it gens. It's not quite family name as we know it, but they call it gens. But leave, leave all the technicalities away. But the easiest way you can relate to it is the family name. Amen? And so, for instance, my family name, as you will guess, is what? Benley. Benley. Ogibley. Her family name was Dakum. Am I right? Later on, she decided to marry a young man called Reuben, whose family name was Yakta, and she dropped a family name of Dakum and then became a Yakta. What is the family name of Jesus? I know I will catch you there. His family name, he belongs to the family called the family of the anointed. There's a family called the family of the anointed, of which you belong. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Put it there. we start from there. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. He did not belong to the family of Joseph. They didn't call him by that. He said, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, if you go back to 1 John, which talks about him being anointed and you being anointed, we're going somewhere with this one. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, and we read verse 20 and verse 27. Because you begin to see yourself in the light that Christ sees you. What does it say? 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. Is it there? But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. What does, what does verse 27 say? Oh, that's in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Verse 27. Am I clear? Right? But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So what is the family name of Jesus? Christ. Because Christ simply means the anointed. Now, there was another name that he bears. 
In that past, verse 10 that we read, so you put back constantly on that screen so that we can study that together in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 10. There's a third name that they give a people because you can have a person with a family name, you can have a person because they tend to repeat first names and in the same family, you can, that's why we use junior. You can have a father is called Linus, the son is called Linus, and you can end up with both of them. Right? A father can be called John, uh, the son can be called John as well. And so, for instance, but they have a middle name that separates that. Now, they have a final name that separates all that so that you can know. It's called the cognomen. Now, the cognomen is like an alias. That is the most varied and usually the most descriptive. Jesus used a lot of that when he was dealing with his disciples. For instance, he saw the sons of Zebedee and decided to say, I will give you an alias. I'll give you a special name. And usually they say it's actually based on your characteristics, it's actually based on your habits, it's actually based on your exploits, it's actually based on even where you came from. So for Jesus, he saw James and John. He said, ah, I will give you another name. What did he call them? Barnages. So he said, from that moment on, they stopped calling them just James. So most of the time, maybe when Jesus wants to call them, he said, Barnages. And they knew immediately he was talking about them. He gave them an alias. Another man had a special name in the Bible, and which was very descriptive of him. He was born in Tarsus. His first name was Saul. Then somewhere along the line, they gave him an alias, and he became Paul. Paul simply means small. So you didn't need to actually do so. Over time, they just said, ah, this mama, this mama. So before you know it, in a particular part of, the, of Nigeria that I came from, a particular town, uh, they use a lot of aliases. That's where my mother came from. And they just look at you. It could be very, very could be sometimes very insultive. You know, when you are sure they call. And, and when, when I was grown, I was kept asking her, why did they call that person? She would laugh. He says, because in that family, they are short and they are very strong. He said, that family. That, so Jesus used a lot of that. In case of Jesus Christ our Lord, in this particular instance, what was the alliance that we have in verse 10? What was his alliance? Of Nazareth, the man from Nazareth. Now, very quickly, before I round up, 10 minutes, I will be done. And we will pray one single prayer. And we will go. Every name carries three things. Number one, identity, which I've talked to you about. Number two, every name will carry a story. Every name will carry a story. Whether you know it or not, I know most of the time, in, in most of the Western world, we've not given enough details onto giving names. But most of the other cultures of the world, they give a lot of details. So there's a story behind the name. In case of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a story behind that name Jesus for him. Jesus simply means Yeshua or Joshua, the same variant, which means Jehovah saves. And so he himself was a personification of his name. That is... When you mention the name Jesus, he's saying that he was particularly born in a place that was so, so low and unworthy. And God lifted him from that place and said, you are called Jesus, you'll be born in, 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 uh, in uh, Bethlehem, you will be called a Nazarite, even though Nazareth meant nothing to anybody, even somebody said nothing good can come out of Nazareth. But because I am God, I will raise you from that place. And so anytime you mention Jesus, you are implyingly say that he is the transformer of bad situation into good. Because he mentioned it very there. When the apostle was writing that, 
Look, he said, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom what? Whom God? So he said, that name tells you that you can't cast him down. That anytime there's a casting down, there's a lifting by, through that name. So Jesus simply means the one who is able to turn bad situation into good. And imply, there's a story in that name. There's a story in the name Christ. You can figure out that I have mentioned that already. The story in, the, in that Christ is that he carried the anointing. And by the anointing, he did it. And that's our anchor verse for this month of, of June. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. For how God anointed Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, and with power. Finally, there's an impact on that one that would dwell a little bit longer. Every name has an impact or carries an authority. Does not only give you an identity, whereby can, because if it's just only identity, we can all take numbers. But it goes more than that. There's a story behind it. There's no story behind any number. If my number, my serial number, and you say, uh, you know, uh, when Pastor Ken is referring to me, he will probably just say, uh, number 357-35748, we take the microphone now. That meant nothing. But there's also a story behind every name. There was a message uh, that I shared somewhere, and that's still ringing in my ear. It might be good for you to lay hold upon it. The message is, my story, my praise. Mm, you need a story before you have a praise. May God give you a story. Amen. If the Lord allows me, I'll come and share it with you here as well. My story, my praise. So, behind every name, there's a story. And the story that is behind the name of you we have mentioned, but also there's an impact that it makes, and that is where the difference is. Does the name of Jesus carry the same impact in your life as it's supposed to carry? The impact that the name of Jesus carries is the kind of impact that when Peter heard his voice, he said, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come and I will jump on the sea. And he jumped on the sea because he had that name. That name had impact. It was that name that that layman had in Acts chapter 3. And the Bible said, at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That name carries impact. It carries authority. Through that name, a lot is being done. But that name, the totality of it, and where I will quickly round up and we will pray, is even though we mention Jesus as the name, though we always pray in Jesus' name, which is good, even though we use Christ, the anointed, and because he does it through the anointing, and we belong to the family of the anointing, which is right, but there is a very long list of aliases that Jesus has. And it's about time you begin to use them. Of Nazareth is, is one small part of it. In another place, it said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You read that in your Bible. And there are seven of those I am's in the book of John. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of life. Number four. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh-huh. Number six. They're all looking at me. I'm the door. I am the vine. Seven of them. I do know there are also seven miracles in the book of John. And I'm sure the man was not counting when he was writing it. That tells you, if you need evidence that the Bible was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's one of the evidences that I have. It's like codes that were there. And the writers were just writing. They didn't know it was coded. And it scattered it so far and wide. But when we started counting, we just, wow, how did it happen? Seven. That is completed number that he is and exactly what he said he is. I want us to spend some time this morning, and it's going to be a lot of inward looking. 
and take these aliases of Jesus, I want to call it that, and begin to apply them into your own situation. You know, the devil lies. And if he says, I'm the truth, you will take, I'll give you two or three examples very quickly and we will pray. And when you take, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, you will remember that because Jesus is the way, he's also a way maker. And so when we begin to pray, you will stand on that name and say, way maker, make way for me. Because we know Jesus is the truth, you will use that name and pray that every liar of the liar, because pain in your body is a liar of the liar. You are not ordained for pain. Lack in your life is the liar of the liar. He flies those things and I say, this is who you are. One of the things the Lord was drawing my heart onto recently is that we have believed too much lies. And it's about time we stop believing lies. It tells you that you cannot make it. And before you know, you begin to believe it. Though you struggle, no matter what they preach in church. Many a times, our minds are so set on the lies. And the way lies work is that it's by propaganda. It keeps repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. You're going to stand against those lies today. The lies that say, see all around you, nobody's making it. See all around you. How many of your age mates, after they pass this age, are they able to get these blessings in marriage? Is a number one liar. Unless you recognize how lies work, one will fall for lies. We live in a world in which, if you watch a lot, and I started cutting on the, int, the newspapers I read and internet I read, you know the reason why? There are so many lies there. There are many years back in a country called Nigeria, there was a newscaster. Did anybody, any of you old enough to remember that incident? Okay, so I'll tell you the incident. You probably don't know what you will remember, but I'll tell you. There was a newscaster. Oh, month in month, they were spewing lies through the, 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 the news channels. They would give them the script to read. They would sit behind the desk, and they would, we all knew they were just lying. Just as, you know, hear lies in newspapers and radios all over the world. And so this woman got behind the screen one day, and just, she didn't know, whether she knew or she didn't know the camera was rolling. And she said, I'm tired, I can't read these lies anymore. And we all had it. Lies, oh, I don't know, you didn't, you didn't, oh, Wow, maybe you are a lot younger than I thought. <laughs> Making me feel old. Well, it's been a fairly long time, though. Maybe it's not started reading newspaper. It's close to 30. 1970. What's 1979 from now? 37 years. 37 years. Yeah, that was during the time of Shagari. There was a president called Shagari. Anybody knew Shagari? Did you know Shagari? That was a president called. <laughs> so 37 years ago. Lies, lies, lies. So lies can be... This woman was fed light, light shone upon her when they say, I'm tired of lies. When you are praying today, you're going to use I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And truth will dispel every lie in your life. It dispel every lie in your life. It says, I'm the door. Some of us, doors have been shut against us. And you will take that name because there is no other name that can open doors for you. He is more than the master key. And I don't know the doors of, you know, we've tried many things. It has not worked. I was speaking with Pastor, uh, Pastor Ken, you know, upstairs. We had a wonderful time. And it all comes to the same thing at the end of the day. Unless God steps in, nothing will happen. You know, we've tried, you, corporately, we've tried many things. Individually, we've tried many things. Maybe in your, you've tried so many things about your finances. You've tried so many things about your job. You've tried so many things about that husband, about that wife. Same, nothing seems to be working. He says there's a door that leads into where you are going. And he is the door. You mention that name, it will create a passage unto that place for you. 
And so when we lift up our voices this afternoon in a few minutes, only one prayer point, and it's going to be crafted by you. I will not dictate it. If there's silence in the house, let there be silence. If there's a lot of praying in the house, hallelujah. I take another name. Another place, he says, I am the light of the world. In actual fact, there's a place when, you know, this man died, his very good friend died. Darkness came upon that family. You know what Jesus Christ says? One of the disciples said, ah, we're not going to go there. He said, they want to go to stone you there some time ago. Don't let's go there. Jesus Christ said, he said, are there not 24 hours in a day? What I needed was this. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Hello? From now on, will you please tell your street, as long as I'm on this street, I'm the light of this street. And you will see people living. Who will just not want to change? Because he says you are the light as well. What does it say in Matthew chapter 5? Beginning from verse 13 and 14. He says that you are the light of the world. So in a minute we begin to pray. Everywhere where there is darkness in any aspect of our lives, in our communities. This is a prayer thing. This is bringing the name of Jesus into the situation. We know how to drop human names. But we don't know how to draw the name of Jesus. They said that we just use our signature at the end. We don't challenge devil and say, devil, I have Jesus with me. He is this, he is that. And you are not going to have your way. Many of us, we drop the name of great senators. We drop the name of governors. I know this governor. I don't thank God for knowing them. But you know what? You know somebody greater than a governor. You know somebody greater than a senator. You know someone greater than a managing director. You know Jesus. Drop his name. Drop his name. Drop his name to the hearing of the powers of darkness. Drop his name to the hearing of those that are trying to torment you. Somebody says, what, what, who are you? You just smile. If they ask you, they don't talk the first time. If they keep asking and asking and asking, and somebody's pointing his finger at you, they say, who are you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Most of you start saying, you don't know who am I? What, what nonsense are you talking about? Say, who do you think you are? Say, I'm a child of God. I carry Jesus in me. Amen. If you are placed for somebody challenging, say, ah, hey, you are preaching here. Who is preaching? You ask me who I am. And you can even turn that into a message for them. It's about time, beloved of God, that we know this name more than ever before. And beginning from today, that name will work for you. Amen. That name will work for me. Amen. And the first thing the name of Jesus does is to turn our darkness into light. That is, from the position of unbelief to belief. Now, let me close on this one. Let me close on this one. It's just for a tiny percentage of people here. Tiny percentage. And that's why I want to drop this for you. When we prepare messages like this, God tells you some of the things that will happen. He does it for me. Let me tell you one of the things that will happen. Some of us are so familiar with the name, you will live here exactly the way you come. Except God intervenes. You're so familiar, you say, what is he talking about? Is it not the name of Jesus? The first time I had an insight to the name of Jesus was when I just got born again, and that was early 80s, 1983, 84. And I read the book of this man called Kenneth Egan. You know him, Kenneth E. Egan. He said, Jesus has been given the names. He said, he has a name by birth. That is, when you are born, your parents, you know, you, you inherit a name. You inherit the name of God. He said he has had a name because people have names by their achievement. Because he went to the cross, he said he's been given a name that's abundant because he went to the cross and lived for his. He said he also had a name, 
it, it was by, by, by inheritance, he had a name by the achievement that he had. And the third one that he said, he had the name about, he had the name bestowed upon him. That is, was gifted a name. And I can spend a whole few minutes to talk about that. What I'm talking about is I don't get too familiar. If the Lord says the key, and I struggle, I say, Lord, is this what, he said, this is what he wants me to hear. So this afternoon, you will take that name into your hand. The only permission he just giving me as I'm preaching now is that when we get up, we will call on that name three times. It's about the second time that I would do that. Was anybody at a meeting when I, we did that? That is okay. And so it's not something I do all the time. God had permission. We call that name three times. And then you will go. We call his first name Jesus. And then you will go into your own situation. Take from the long list of the alliances. Assurance that I have is that from the prayer that we pray today, as the almighty God lives, you will come back and testify. That is if you take it seriously enough to know that no other name. It was that sermon that those people preached, and the Bible said they, that was the day they transitioned from being ignoramus to being respected. It was verse 10. So verse 10 they mentioned. He said immediately when they heard them, he said, oh, why are you doing? But there was something about that name. They didn't say anything. They just said, we did it in his name, blah, blah, blah. After that, the Bible said, and they saw them, they said, well, from the way they were talking from their appearance, they didn't go to Bible college. They didn't go to Oxford. They were just ordinary people. He said, but we sense that they have been with Jesus. This same Jesus they mentioned, we sense they have been with him. And that is my conviction this afternoon, brothers and sisters, that by the time we finish praying the next three minutes, or five minutes as most, there will be evidence to show. He said, from that moment onward, nobody asked them any questions again. Rise on your feet and let us pray. And from now on, Whatever it may be, unless you don't have any, if you don't have any need, please pray generally for your brethren. You know people that have needs here. But start with your own self, I will encourage you this afternoon. Very simple. We've had a long time of prayer with, uh, as Pastor Ken led us, fantastic time of prayer. But this is not the time for you to take the name. It will be a prayer that you will pray your understanding. You can pray in spirit later. It's a prayer you will craft and you will work upon taking the word one by one. That you are the truth. Every lie in my life shall vanish. You are Jesus, the Lord who saves. Save me for this situation. By your own life, you typified salvation. You are born like nobody. You came to be the king of the whole world. You were born in a town that nobody reckoned with. That's not on the map as it were. But yet, after that one, you are celebrated and all flesh shall bow unto you one day. Oh, Jesus, save me from this situation. Deliver me from this, oh God. Somebody should be lifting up her heart and his or her heart unto the Lord and his voices unto the Lord. Take that name by your mouth, in your mouth. Declare it confidently. He that says that just tell them about my no other name. He knows what he wants to do by that name. I've not come with any other word for you this afternoon. Oh, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Craft your own prayer. And in a moment we will pray the congregational one as I as the Lord laid on my heart has brought it back again. Craft your own prayer. If you are conversant enough with him, you know he was the one that turned 
just two fish and five loaves of bread into a banquet for thousands of people. The multiplier is his name. I hope somebody is calling on him to multiply their resources right now. I hope somebody is calling on him to turn away their lack into abundance. He was the one who entered a whole town. And that town, they had everyone healed there. I believe somebody is calling upon him. They enter my family and let there be a turn around in my family. You will go to craft your own prayer. You're going to put that name in your mouth. Because he's asked that if you will take your his name in your mouth this afternoon, you will see dramatic turnaround. He was the one that made even Peter, James, and John to be gainfully employed in him. They never lied since they came across him. He said, it is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. His full name was mentioned. They mentioned his full name, mentioned his full name, lay hold upon all that that name can do for you. Everyone has what they are carrying and it is pinching them. And I believe as many as we be honest and we open themselves unto him who does mighty things, he will change our circumstances around. You will know joy over that child right now. Craft your prayer, craft your prayer craft your prayer. He will give you, if you open your heart unto him, he will give you divine wisdom and instruction how to use his name to get that which is pleasing unto him. Oh yes, Lord. Oh yes, Lord. Oh yes, Lord. Oh yes, Lord. That which seems dead, it is only him that can make it to come alive again. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Jesus mighty name we have prayed. We're going to do that which I believe the Lord laid on our hearts to do. You're going to call on that name three times. I don't know why three. It could be seven. It could have been five. They all are prophetic in nature. But three I believe the Lord wants us to do. And after that you will use that name Jehovah saves. And you will turn into your own prayer. Save me from this situation. Save me from this peril. Save this city from the problem. And you remember, salvation does not mean being born again alone. You understand what I mean? Save me, deliver, oh God. Is anybody in trouble here? The Lord will deliver you today. Is anybody in a deep end here today? The Lord will pluck you out today. That name word for the apostles of old, that name will work for us today. So together we say... One more time we say Jesus. One more time we say Lift up your voice and begin to call on him right now. That's what Bartimaeus did. He said Jesus, that son of David. That's another one of his alliance. Son of a king. David the psalmist. The one that pleased God. That's what lineage he said. Jesus, have mercy upon me. Is somebody taking Jesus, deliver. Have mercy on God. Deliver from the clutches of the enemy. Break the yoke of the liar. Is somebody calling on him? Call on him. Call on him. Call on him. Don't be too conversant with that name. Don't be too conversant with that name. Pray at this moment for your neighbor. Pray for your husband. Pray for your children. Pray for your mother. Pray for your father. And the one who saves and delivers will step into our situation. 
thank you heavenly father in jesus mighty name we are praying it is very obvious to you that we will have loved to pray more but time will not allow but you can live here with the same passion today and then you go back home and begin to call on that name and begin to use that name and converse with him and you can be sure your life will never remain the same father unto you we turn with gratitude in our hearts and praises on our lips thank you lord for you have given us a name see there's no name under heaven given amongst men it's a given name it's a name you have dashed us to use and so lord we are not making light of that great gift the name of jesus and so this afternoon we stand according to your word and i said that as many as have believed in their hearts and spoken with their lips that Jesus will save them from their situation. Lord, save them this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Stay from shame, oh God. Stay from ignominy, oh God. Stay from pain, oh God. Stay from everything that is contrary to your will in our lives in the name of Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. Jesus is the name. The name that's above all names. And he is the Christ of the family of the anointed. Of which we are also children as well. By the power of the anointed, let every yoke be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And we know that he came from Nazareth. In no place. And you turn a man from a no place to the man ruling the whole world. Whatever is happening to be nothing in my lives and in our lives, oh God, turn them around and make them big in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you have done it, we shall return with our praise. We shall give all the honor and praise unto you, our Father. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody wants to shout Jesus. And that name will continue to work for you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.